Go to King. King will barge over. Will he get it down? Yes, he does. There's the premiership. Wilson runs to the line. He's got Buxton with him. It's been put on the toe. It's going to be to try. Joy Jobson's got the try. Window will get their second. You're listening to Lee Carson, Newcastle Hunters Home Rugby League. Welcome back to another episode of League Castle. It's uh, a little bit of a dark cloud hanging over the local rugby league as well as the local community in general as we go through another lockdown. We've joined our Sydney and Central Coast brethren in being locked down in the current conditions with COVID starting to get a grip in our community, unfortunately. So it is with bated breath that we watch this space and await news of a possible and likely further extension and the impacts it will have. On that note, we will be joined by Newcastle Rugby League, Charlie Haggett, uh, Newcastle Rugby League General Manager, I should say, Charlie Haggett, uh, to discuss what that could look like for the Newcastle Rugby League and have a little bit of a chat about uh, possible options, alternatives and, and different things on how it might be dealt with should we be plunged into a, an extended lockdown over the next few weeks. So fingers crossed it's not the case. We might see just seven days uh, being announced on Thursday, which would be great news and uh, we'll uh, head forward and uh, hopefully then wrap up the season and crown a winner. We're also joined by the boys from What's New in the Castle, Dan Nielsen and uh, Campbell Scott, the co-host there from their great podcast. Make sure you check it out as well. Uh, they're jumping in this week to talk a little bit of Denton Engineering Cup and COVID and also filling in for Josh Spiegelman, who is uh, out of action this week. Our stats man, he's taken a week off, a much-deserved rest for him. Uh, he's been a great addition to the show this year and we look forward to having him back on next week. Uh, but with no stats man performers after the COVID uh, pushback of the Denton Engineering Cup, there was uh, a perfect opportunity for Josh to have a week off. So we catch up with Dan and Campbell to kick off the show this week, uh, looking at uh, those things. And, and then also having a quick dip into the Newcastle Hunter Community Rugby League with Raymond Terrace Magpies, Luke Hansaker. He's no stranger to uh, long-term fans of the show. He's been on the show before and uh, he's a great contributor talking about local footy. So... Let's kick it off with the boys from What's New in the Castle. All right, it's time to talk Denton Engineering Cup and a little bit of NRL, and uh, we've branched out a little bit this week. A couple of local footballers, two South Newcastle boys, but uh, also the co-host of What's New in the Castle. We've got Dan Nilsson and Campbell Scott. Welcome onto the show, boys. Nilsso returning. Campbell on day two. Back again, Campbell's debut, so my about eighth appearance. Happy to be here, boys. Mate, you must have been, just uh, for those who can't see, Nilso's rocking a, uh, a Newcastle, Newcastle Schoolboys, a Newcastle Rugby League. Newcastle Rugby League? Uh, I thought it was a Newcastle Schoolboys jersey. I was going to say, geez, you must have been a big schoolboy. Uh, mate, <laughs> there's actually a good story about these two jerseys. These two jerseys, 1995. Yeah, that's four, your, I think. 1994, and that's uh, the Western West, Division. Western Division jersey. This is the Newcastle jersey, so it's from the same um, competition, actually. So these jerseys, they meet again. Yeah, right. Uh, they're much cleaner than they would have been back in those that era. Who, who'd we steal them off? Uh, no comment on that one. And Mike Barnes. Yeah. line dropping. All right, boys. Well, let's let's have a chat about the Denton Engineering Cup. Obviously, we're all in lockdown and just living living the lockdown dream at the moment. Uh, um, what what do we what do we think? Obviously, we're waiting imminently, obviously on an announcement of an extension, and and we're going to be fortunate enough to catch up with Charlie Haggett a little bit later tonight to get a little bit more insight. But what do you guys see as I guess the the prospects of the Dent Engineering Cup either resuming or? Look, my opinion is I feel like we've all got to stay positive. I know Newcastle, we've yeah, like we're getting what around that ten average cases per day. Look, if everyone does the right thing, we should get on top of it. And if, like they said, they can take the grand final back two weeks, I believe. So we just got to stay positive, do the right thing, and we should be back. Yeah, I don't know. Personally, I I, I wouldn't call it a pessimistic view, but I think it's a little bit more realistic. I can't see us. Well, firstly, I can't see us getting out of lockdown uh, Thursday and midnight. So I'm, I'm pretty pessimistic about the season progressing, to be honest. Yeah, I think I'm probably with you, Campbell. I think uh, certainly the way it stands right now with 14 cases, I think it was the number today being Wednesday. Um, <coughs> we're unlikely to uh, 
to be in a position to, to come out this Thursday. And I think with the fact that we, we would have had two weeks off, and we saw this previously with lockdown, they start talking about once you've had two weeks off, they're going to expect a week to train as well. So yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if we end up with another 14 days lockdown, which we'll see three weeks off and another week for training. I don't know if the cricket clubs are going to be as generous as they were last year in giving up grounds. I mean, I know we do have some really good facilities around that are rugby league-specific venues, but that's great for games. But, you know, as you'd know, being being with South, trying to find a challenge of training, you know, while there's cricket balls raining around in the outfield, it's going to be pretty challenging. Yeah, well, that's right. And it's um, it just sucks for not just South, but the whole each uh, district club in Newcastle. They've been training all through, like, the end of last year, worked so hard. And like not just the players, the committee, girls in the canteen. So I really feel I'm really feeling sorry for them because they put a lot of time and effort into um, running their rugby league clubs and just to uh, I don't know trying to get some more positivity back in their lives and they love doing it. I'm I'm really more feeling for them and I hope they're going all right. Yeah, I agree. I think it's such a such a big part of people's lives and. Yeah, as you boys are both know, I referee. And look, it was nice to have one weekend off, but I'm probably going to be lost next weekend if, if we have a second and a third weekend off. And it's going to be a brutally long off-season for a lot of people if we do go down that route. And as you said, not only being in lockdown, but having that the game taken away from them is a real challenge for a lot of people. So hopefully we can get back to some sort of normality at some point. And you know, maybe, should the season not go ahead, maybe we put the call out there to Newcastle Rugby League, Newcastle Hunter Rugby League, and some of the clubs to... Maybe if we're going to get delayed, utilise some of those really good venues and get some sort of, you know, off-season nines comps. Or, you know, I know, I know your your physique's probably not cut out for nines like mine, also, <laughs> but some of the other boys might be all right at it. Yeah, well, um, like you said before, when you said you referee, I'm glad you didn't say I referee well because we all know you'd be telling a porky there, Chris. And that's why that's why we all podcast, right? Because we're, uh, you know, barely passable. Well, Campbell's probably a little bit better than you and I. What we do, no, I'm a dreamer. <laughs> My best days are behind me. I'm an absolute dreamer. Well, he's a dad now, so he must be doing something right. <laughs> but right. the um, the the other thing to address would be, like, is the is the approach if the game were to resume in say two weeks' time, is it just schedule as normal and we continue playing into however long it takes, or is the like, is that last like I know it was going into the last round, is that round scrapped and like yeah, how do you, I, I mean. Personally, our South Reserve grade side, we had to play to win. We had to beat Lakes in that last round just to make the final. So the way I see it, maybe maybe that's it for us regardless. Well, you should have done more early in the year, mate. You should have got a couple more. Mate, I, 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 was, I was injured for most of the year. That was The weekend prior was my fourth game of the year. So You shouldn't have, you shouldn't have let Nilso play the couple of games he did. Yeah, I know, right? I'm under the so Did you get mate. off the nudie? Yeah, I'm off the deal. Oh, I, got off, I scored two tries against uh, Northern Hawks. So. Two tries against a wet blanket. <laughs> that, that, that day at Central, mate, I've never seen a slower bloke on a slower track. Oh, mate. <laughs> you're, like, you're, you're like Dwayne Sampson in his prime. Mate, I've, I've never been that sexy. Muddy track, <laughs> muddy rig, Dan. Uh, mate, uh, but yeah, it's certainly interesting, Campbell, to, to, to look at that avenue, I suppose, too. I mean, it's all well and good for first grade. They can wrap that up with a nice bow. The top five is the top five. You know, everyone else is just, you know, scrapping about some placings, really. I mean, South, yeah. Sun, I know your first grade boys probably would have liked the chance to get off the bottom of the ladder. I think an article Absolutely. I saw was a snippet from, um, I think it might have been the Maitland Mercury today. They talked about the fact that, as Dan said, they had the capacity to push the grand final back two weeks. But I think they've already done that one week by pushing it back with this first lockdown. Yeah, correct. So yeah. Realistically, if they had to push it more than another week, then I think that would rule out this round. But again, you know, we're probably doing recording these things in reverse order due to availability, but um, so say the lockdown say the lockdown ends this Thursday, we're not even going to be playing this weekend. Is that right? Well, that's that's what the million dollar question. We don't know that at this stage. It's been pushed back to this weekend. Nothing's been officially postponed, but yeah, you know, I mean, everything's been pushed back one week. But yeah, it's an interesting space. So the Newcastle and the Hunter, their penultimate round was was postponed. Uh, was COVID drawed, so so it's out. And, you know, there's, there's some phenomenal things happening there in regards to that. And they've come out and made an announcement to say if they, you know, they'll continue to do that. If they get, you know, my understanding is if we miss another week, then it'll, they'll just go to their finals. They might be able to push them back one week. Um, yeah. And, but then they'll be rolling on. And, I mean, that's an even bigger challenge, you know, clubs with different budgets and different availabilities and, and things. And there's coast clubs that are, you know, like still in the mix. Dora Creek, we're going to come back in the A grade. I mean, there's so many things. Mate, moving forward, like, is um this is this is just me uh, throwing some ideas out. Maybe maybe if the power brokers of the Newcastle Rugby League are listening, like maybe next year our approach should uh, we should take a little bit more of a 
uh, realistic approach. And like you could even have a couple of, I guess, COVID weeks in there, like we do the wet weather rounds. Maybe maybe at the end of the regular season, you know, schedule it as normal and maybe have three or four weeks in the bank and perhaps reduce the amount of round games and have those sort of COVID rounds. I, I guess if we get delayed again, you know, God God forbid we do, but yeah. I think the challenge with that this year was we were trying to align with those other competitions in Sydney to go on and play for the President's Cup. Yeah. In inverted oh, commas. Yeah. So, you know, until they've been kiboshed, which they got kiboshed yesterday, yeah. we haven't been in that position as well. So there's a lot of moving parts. I think it'd be great if they could probably line it up to, to finish, you know, a week or two earlier. But then you're going to get people going, you know, Murphy's law is that nothing will happen and then everyone's going, well, why are we, why are we playing a grand final on the 31st of August? Like... Yeah, you know, you're never pleased some, but we just need to have a look at some avenues. And as I said, if we can get some, you know, non-traditional footy on in the off season, that might be, you know, as good as we're going to get for the time being. Or yeah, that's right. Yeah, like even like the same with the wet weather rounds. Like even if we were out of lockdown this weekend, you don't know what the weather's going to be doing, or something dramatic might happen. It might be flogging down raining from tomorrow to Saturday, and yeah. the games might be caught off anyway. So like I said. It, I feel do feel for the Newcastle Rugby League, and I might not always agree with their decisions, but they're in a hard predicament right now. And um, I'll yeah, I'll wish them all the best with all the decisions they make because it's not a tough, it's not an easy one. Well, the other Murphy factor that goes into that is, and and you know, West and Lakes was a great example. It was and Maitland and Curry they got washed out in round one. We had a washout slash rep, rep round in May, and they decided not to play in that one. Had they then had another game washed out, they would have had a, you know two games up there, you know backed up, and then they would have had to play midweek. So, I mean, sometimes you can put these weeks in and allow for things, but you can't even get the clubs to take the first opportunity. They want to get there, and you know that's I'll, exactly I'll, right, mate. Yeah. So yeah, there's a lot of moving pieces. We we wish Charlie and his crew all the best because it's not going to be an easy decision, no matter what ends up happening around it. Should we get you know out of lockdown? I mean, if we're not out of lockdown, then that solves all of, all of his challenges in terms of, you know, making a decision, but it's, it's still a frustrating time. And, you know, they, they think there was asterisks last year. If we had to reduce semifinals or changes now, then, you know, people are going to ask questions. But, you know, I'm sure they'll do everything that's in their power to get football back on in some way, shape or form. And, you know, if not, then, you know, when we're out of COVID, we'll just get the uh, what's new in the Castle 13 versus League Castle 13 to battle it out for the uh, to his cup and we'll award it to them. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure many boys want to play for us. So he's probably up the upper hand. It might just be Campbell and I. <laughs> well, I've just got a text. First first signing is your brother, Neil, so. What's that? First signing for us is your brother. <laughs> oh, mate. Um, I'll definitely be taking the field on the opposite team. That'd and, be great. And you definitely won't be refing. <laughs> <laughs> nah. I'll, I'll be I'll be in the stands just drinking beer. I, I certainly won't be playing either because there'd be too many of your blokes and probably some of my blokes would be wanting wanting to get me for for you know, questionable decisions <laughs> over the years. No comment. Yeah, exactly. Mate, Neil, Neil said there's still some kids from the Katara under eights and the um, West Maitland under eights you refereed 12 years ago looking for you. So don't don't go getting too too cocky on that. Well, they're, well, they're probably 18, 19 now. So I don't know if they want to shout me shout me a beer for the hard work to do in grass grassroots footy all those years ago. I'm happy to, boys. Oh, dear. All right, boys. Well, uh, that's Newcastle Rugby League. I guess we'll, we'll, we'll wait and see. It is very much that space. Hopefully, we can get back. And uh, yeah, as you said, Campbell, you know, hopefully those sides can get the opportunity to determine their own final fate and play out the finals. But we'll wait and see and watch this space. We might uh, might transition from that. And as I said, we'll get a bit of a wrap from Charlie. And uh, we'll del- delve into the NRL this weekend, uh, have a little bit of chat about the National Rugby League and, and what's there. Beautiful. And get some expert tips. Nilsa and I did some tips back on season one of what's new in the castle now. Horrific, Campbell. So it's a pretty low bar, mate. So um, we'll, we'll jump in. We'll start with the Thursday night game, boys. And I, I'm going to tip the outsider here straight away uh, just because I'm a Raiders fan, which is tragic in itself. But it's Melbourne hosting the Raiders up at Sunshine Coast Stadium. The Storm up in absolutely red-hot form. You know, phenomenal run they've been on, not only in terms of games straight, but games in Queensland. I think it's up to like 27 or 28 games in a row they've won in Queensland. Oh, it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah they're a, they're a gun side and they're they're absolutely red hot, as you said, mind you. Um, Manly Manly certainly put up a good fight and maybe exposed a few few of their weaknesses. While they while they didn't fully uh, take advantage of them in terms of getting the win, they certainly shown that other teams can compete with them. Yeah, it was, it was a good armor. So my, my highlight was still I don't know. Did you boys catch the uh, pre-game press conference? Craig Bellamy saying they might need a shot, shotgun to stop Tommy Turbo, and then Tommy yeah, Turbo, no, and he's just like, yeah, that's just part of footy. I was like, I don't know what part of footy he's playing, but 
No, I love, I love, I love that from Billy Ake. A bit of um, charisma back in rugby league. A bit of more characters. I like it. Mate, I'm very surprised someone didn't get bloody offended over that. <laughs> yeah. Well, we got one here. Obviously, Chris is offended. <laughs> I'm not offended. I'm just surprised that Tommy Turbo thought that getting shot with a shotgun was part of rugby league. I'm still... You know, I don't know what what what. Uh, you know, it's not like he grew up in the back blocks of Mount Druid. He's a Northern Beaches boy. I don't think there's many you know, <laughs> shotguns over t- there. Got some tissues here for you, Dino. It's all good. Uh, <laughs> no, I think I think Melbourne will be too. <laughs> yeah, I think I think I honestly think Melbourne will be too hard to beat. They've got Felice Kafusi coming back into the starting lineup and uh, Nelson Asafa-Solomona on the bench. So, like that forward pack is just. Absolutely unstoppable at the moment for mine, and the backs are just reaping the rewards. I just can't believe you got Brandon Smith at dummy half and Nico Hines at fullback, and on the bench you got Harry Grant and Ryan Pappenhausen's return. He's starting to get a bit more form back. Like, how do you like? Honestly, you take one of them off and you replace them with someone just as good, if not better. I just, I can't, I can't believe it. It's like Dwayne Sampson replacing me on the weekend. <laughs> I think it'd be the other way around if you ask Sambo. Yeah, that's right. He is the reigning League Castle Bachelor of the Year after all. (laughs) You know know he's paying us not to run that again so that he can forever hold the title? Oh, obviously. (laughs) I could could quite imagine that by Sambo. Anything to keep the sexual chocolate happy. Uh, All right, let's move on to the second game of the round. And uh, it is the 10th place Dragons taking on the Panthers. uh, Up at Suncorp Stadium. A host of changes for both sides. And uh, as you'd imagine, Panthers... $1.12 $1.12 favourites, minus 18.5. The thing that astounds me every week when I look at the NRL games and the matchups is where the Dragons are still sitting on the ladder considering how horrifically they're playing. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I honestly feel like... I know Coruscant, he's, um, he's decision, the, the suspension was upheld, so he won't be playing this no, weekend. he is playing. No, he got he? named, but it actually they didn't oh, change okay. on the lineup. So I believe um, Coruscant's not playing, but... I still believe Penrith are going to win this 13-plus. Dragons for another barbecue after the game just to wipe their season goodbye. <laughs> the, the, the chat is that Mitch Kenny might start and Isaac Cleary, uh, Isaac Cleary Nathan Cleary might uh, come onto the bench. Um, and yeah, don't mind it. Minutes. Get some footy back. Just get some footy back into him, build him into it. That shoulder, they reckon, is about 90 to 95%, which is probably about as good as it's realistically going to get. It's not going to get back to 100% until he has surgery. So. Mate, it's probably battling half the team out there. Exactly right. So, yeah, I just think... You know, like normally, normally when you start getting these big lines, I don't mind them being a little bit juicy. Like I'll take that Canberra one at the 24 and a half on Thursday night, but I can't be bought into three tries on the Dragons against the Panthers. I mean, it could get an arm wrestle, but it's just as likely they blow them out by 40 or 50. So, yeah, absolutely. And um, just looking at the lineups there, Cody Ramsey and Tarek Sims are both out. Cody Ramsey with that absolutely horrific teeth incident. Yeah, that was um, yeah. that is the stuff of nightmares, to be honest. Looked like Tim Christie actually. Oh. <laughs> That's a very low blow. <laughs> oh, poor old TC. I don't reckon anyone cops more, more crap on Lee Castle than TC, so it's great. Oh, look, who else are you going to spit shit on? He does it to himself. Yeah, I, I've, uh, yeah. I need to get the Athletic boys on here to throw some more on him, I think. <laughs> oh, yeah, that would be good, actually. So, yeah, everyone we turn up seems to have a story. We've got, we got one of the, we've got Matty Moon on the other week. I didn't even know he was TC's housemate, and he was into him as well. I was like, how good's this? Oh, yeah. Uh, Anyway, moving along to the second Friday game, we've got the Broncos hosting the Roosters as the second game in that doubleheader at Suncorp Stadium. Again, the Roosters, it's a year of absolute short price favourites. $1.20 against the Broncos, four fifty. The line, fourteen and a half. if you want to get about that. But uh, the ins and outs here are a cast of thousands. Crichton, though, big out, obviously, for the Roosters. Uh, and the, the Broncos continue to change their ever-rotating halves. Albert Kelly back in. I like what I saw from Albert. Uh, got a little bit of a tie to him, so I'm always a bit of a, a soft spot for Albert, you know, from one, his um, time growing up on the North Coast as well as his time here in Newcastle. But I just don't see how that makes enough of a difference. And, you know, the Roosters have been pretty solid, even with the decimation they've been through this year. Is Harvey, uh, Herbie Farnworth playing? Because last week against the Knights, I think he averaged nearly 200 metres post-contact metres. He was... Not post contact, more just meters gain. Sorry, Herbie Farnworth. He's um, I'm not sure what his contract situation's like, but I'd be looking him up. He was fantastic for the Brisbane Broncos, and that's coming from a diehard Knights fan. He was um, he had got a good future. That bloke, Herbie Farnworth, I was really impressed. Not bad for a pom, you reckon, Nilsa? Yeah, no, what, I honestly thought he was one of their best players, and um, I know look, just watching the Knights tackle Bass and people hanging off him, I thought he went really well. 
the good news for him is he'll be likely running at Adam Kieran, who's not the best defensive centres of uh, defensive centres we saw last week. So that might be yeah, he's, he's hardly a centre that poor bloke. He's the halfback stuck out in the centres because they got nowhere else to put him. They got no one else to put in the centres, mind you. Hey, they're going to need to do what the Bulldogs have done and steal someone else's players shortly. Yeah, and he was goal kicking like the rugby union the other night, like the Aussie um, uh, fly half. Like he was goal kicking. That's what he was kicking like. He missed a few goals to the Chooks on the weekend. Just for your information, Nilsay Farmworth locked up with the Broncos for next season. Well, there you go. That's um, well, that's good for them. Yeah, absolutely. Coming back to the game, mate. I like this absolute saloon door that is the Broncos thirteen every week. Yeah. Uh, is just not going to cut the mustard, and I've got Roosters 13 plus, mate. That's one to build the bank for a bit of Saturday punting for me. Yeah, I think the, the Roosters should get this done here, um, and I wouldn't be surprised either. I don't, again, because of you know the, the center combos and some of the what they've got in the outside backs, obviously they're missing uh, Stags, which is a big out for them. But I wouldn't be surprised to see them post a couple of tries. But the Roosters still probably win fairly comfortable. I think there'll be plenty of points. So maybe even have a look at the, the line into the overs might be might be a bit of a sniff, I think. So well I'm gonna go I'm gonna go on Roosters one to twelve. I don't feel like it's gonna be like Roosters like they said, sixty percent of their salary cap are out injured. So like don't sleep on these Broncos. Like yeah, I know they've been been struggling the last eighteen months, but I don't feel like it's gonna be as big as a blowout as everyone think it is. And like I said, I'll be the first to um, admit that I was wrong next week if it is. But I just feel like it's going to be closer than what um, the public think. Can you just get that um, get that blurb later when the score's 50-4 to four and play that? <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll snip that back. But, yeah, Nils, are, are you still prepping for round 11 when the Broncos roll them? I don't think the Roosters are going to underestimate them twice. Yeah, I know. Um, but, look, look at this mean the performance against the Knights last week, I know the Knights are... Oh, hot and cold, but I just really, really impressive. They're they, they're showing they're like they're tracking the ball up. They're running with purpose. They're tackling hard. Yeah, they're probably not playing as a team, but that's going to come. I'm actually starting to like feel like they're building towards something now. And um, what a better team to do it against than the Chalks. It's not outrageous, I suppose. When you look at their last three results, I mean, yes, they played that's right, they played mate, yeah. side, and they they smacked the Cowboys who aren't much, but. Their form's certainly better than it was, but, you know, they've lost stags now. They've had another change in the half. So we'll watch this space, and, and, and one of you two will have a, uh, a quotable quote at the end of this anyway, that's for sure. Actually, I just remembered Justin Affleck goes to the Broncos, so Roosters 13 plus. Of course he does. Is he, is he, a, is he one of those New South Wales-born Queensland fans too? He is, he is. And actually, Tim Christie goes to the Roosters, so I'm not going for anyone. Draw. <sighs> Excellent. Moving on to the next game, and it is the another short price favourite, the third place. South Sydney Rabbitohs uh, host the Gold Coast Titans. I think this is the third time in five weeks that the Titans have had an away game at Seabus Super Stadium. How good is that for both yeah. of the fans that live up there? Yeah, I know. That's um, It's great news for them up there. Um, Rabbitohs in this one for me, I feel, I don't know if there's going to be, you might have to do a BYO sports bet offer or whoever does these offers, but I reckon combined tries, Dane Gagai, Latrell Mitchell, Cody Walker, combined of six tries plus. I don't know what they'll be paying, but I feel like they're going to be running rampage. Mate, Cody Walker in that uh, first half last week, he was just absolutely playing knockout footy. He was braining him, oh, mate. So good, man. He's he's a great player and um, good to watch. Like you said, didn't debut he was 26, and now he's like playing. I heard someone the other day saying they've never seen someone in this good form since Joey John's back in like the early 2000s. That's a big call. Like massive, massive call. Co- massive call. But um, he's not really playing that many negative games lately. Yeah, no, I don't think so. I don't, I don't mind South uh, with plenty of points, but I think the Titans will, might surprise a few people with a bit of fight in this. I think South will win it. It'll be double digits, but I, I like that sort of South. So I was having a look before, 11 to 20, 20 sort of margin. Um yeah, sort of probably in the higher end of that, but you can get about 450 if you sniff around for that into, into a couple of try scores because I think there'll be plenty of points and maybe the overs. You might get a, a pretty solid same-game multi, I think. Mate, points points definitely over. Wasn't this game last time like 52 to 22 or something? I think Titans were up like 20-something nil over Bunnies when they played early on in the year. Yeah, I remember that game. They, did get, they got out to an absolute fly because I remember checking the score and I was just like, hang on, what, hold the phone, what's happened here? 40 to 30 it finished. Yeah, uh, defensive masterclass from both sides, but uh, yeah, the old uh, strategy of if we score more than they do, and yeah, it was six tries to five. It was penalty goals to Adam Reynolds. That's right. I remember him slotting a few of those, and again, it was at Seabus. Um, that was on a Friday night game, though. So, hey, Chris, yeah. what's your thoughts on um, the Titans throwing nine fifty? I don't know if this is true. Nine fifty k at 
Joseph Manu from the Roosters to go up to the Gold Coast next year. I know he's off contract, but um, they blocked up uh, what's the fullback's name? Brimson. AJ. AJ Brimson. They've locked him up. Now they're throwing fullback money at Joey Manu, like great player, but like, what's what's the go there? Are they thinking about putting Brimson into the 5'8 jersey or something? Well, I, I don't know. Like they seem pretty keen on on Fogarty and Sexton. Obviously, we've seen what he could do the last couple of weeks. He's looking pretty solid. So yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, that said, you know, as much as they've they've front loaded on their forward pack, you know, they're going to have some spare money when they move on the dead weight of Ash Taylor's contract. So you know, at the end of the day, even if you throw him in the centres, you know, um, or you know, outside backs, a lot of money to throw around, but it gives you some versatility, I guess. Um, you know, and then you've got some flexibility and cover. But as you say, if that's the money they're throwing around, it is a lot of money, but. He's a freak that can play pretty much anywhere in the back line from one to six. Yeah. Um, you know, I'll, do, I'll do it for 50 grand. What's that? I said I'll do it for 50 grand. And do it poorly. Yeah. Uh, his 850 might be slight overs. Your 50 is massive overs. <laughs> yeah, I don't I'll do it work paying me the salary they do, but let's not talk about that. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, no, certainly um, an, an interesting one for them. They're, they're going to be fairly stacked if they can get him on board as well. They've got some good young talent coming through and – We've already seen, obviously, Fafita and Big Tino and, you know, what they're getting out of those guys at the moment. And they, they look, in terms of the, the run home, like they're a good chance for the final. So it'll be an interesting one. Yeah. Um, but uh, let, let's uh, let's jump on to the next game, the second of the Saturday games, 5.30 uh, up in Townsville. Uh, the Cowboys in 14th hosting the Tigers in 13th. This is an absolute bludger. The 05 grand final rematch. I reckon you could put the 2005 sides out right now <laughs> at the ages they are and you'd get a better display. Mate, this is, this is boring. Can we move on to the next game? Mate, Honestly, who wants to talk about this? Tom Dearden still searching for his first win in Cowboys colours, mind you. That's very sad. Yeah, Cowboys, Tigers, who cares? I'm just, I'm just, I'm just going to go to the Tigers here and only just not, not on much at all. Um, yeah, I, I couldn't be brought into putting any money on this game, really. Mate, I'm probably going gonna, gonna to go... The upset, the Cowboys, purely a little bit of home ground advantage. They don't have to travel up to Townsville. Crowds, crowds as well. I'm going the Tigers because there's a bit of a uh, bit of an omen, you could say. The Tiles of, Tiles of Tiger Town, which is coming out on um, KO and Fox Sports uh, every couple of Mondays or something. Every time an episode's been released, they've won the following week. So Tigers, yeah, every time. there's been one episode. Yeah, out. I was going to say, there's been one episode. Wasn't yeah, this the, the second one's just come out. Yeah, yeah, your yeah, second one's just come so out. So they've only won once. Yeah, they've won one, yeah. It's hardly <laughs> causation. It's an omen. <laughs> That's like the one time Nilso scored a try. Some bloke bought him a beer, so he's convinced that every time he's going to score a try, someone's going to buy him a beer. Jeez. Yeah, it doesn't happen very often, but it's greatly appreciated for all the fans out there. I know there's probably all three of yours. I think that's generous in itself. All right, let's jump on to the next one. This one's a bit more a bit more meat in it. It's a top four spot uh, on the line uh, in terms of heading into the finals. And Manly, $1.20 favourites against Parramatta. Six plays four. Parramatta, $4.50 outsiders. You can get 14 and a half start. The Eels are in absolutely woeful form. The uh, the Seagulls in red-hot form. But you'd expect, you know, this is a big rivalry again, so you'd expect surely we're going to see at least something better from the Eels. Yeah, well, um. Uh, Clint Gutherson, he's actually a Northern Beaches boy, so playing against the Northern Beaches side, so um, he'd be after a big game after leaving the Seagulls all those years ago. But mainly, like Trebojevic, Jake, and Tom, um, you got that Josh, uh, Josh Schuster on the outside back row, Marty DePau in the middle. They're going to be too strong. I'm going. I'm going to take Manly plus fourteen and a half start. I think. Yeah, Manly to win by fifteen or more. I like yeah. it. Yeah. I just think Gutho, he's allegedly asking Parramatta for a million a year. He's got to show him something, surely. Yeah, I don't believe that. I think I don't know if that's true. I feel like Gutho gets a bit of a hard time out there by the um, by the crowd, but um, yeah, surely he wouldn't be asking for that much. He is a self-titled king, so who knows? But yeah, I, I can't see how you go against Manly here, and I I think we might see Manly go from a side that wasn't fancy to make the eight to finishing the year in the top four. So because oh, he's really ridiculous. working magic. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be um, keeping on with Manly. I, I think they're going to charge on into the finals. Um, they would have, like, while they lost, uh, they would have got a lot of confidence out of that match against the Melbourne Storm. So I'm going to go Manly 13 plus. All right, let's jump on to the first of the Sunday games. It's going to be uh, 
a double header up at Dolphin Stadium, Morton Daly Stadium at Redcliffe. It might be the home of the next NRL side yet. And it yep. is uh, the, the Warriors hosting the Bulldogs at 1.50pm. Both sides with a cast of changes. Uh, Chad Townsend uh, coming into the extended squad for the Warriors. Uh, and we'll see debuts. The two newest Bulldogs, Ryan James, will start in the front row for them, while Corey Horsburgh will come off the bench as they go on a two-week loan from Canberra. Yeah, I did notice that's a good pick up there by the Bulldogs to finish the the last two weeks. Well, I think they're only going for two weeks or something, but that's a good little pick up. I know there's a bit more experience out there. Ryan James, yeah, he's had a horror, horror run of injuries, and I think it's great by Sticky and the Canberra Raiders to loan him to the Bulldogs because the, the Raiders are still in a hot little chance to make the eight. But, um, look, I, I'm going to go with Brownies, boys. I think the Warriors, they, I think they're going to win. Reese Walsh, he's a superstar. Um Dallin Wattilla's Lizzie. What nasal I can't even pronounce his name, but um, he. I'm going to go for a double. Yeah, I'm going to go in for a double. Um, but yeah, maybe one to twelve. Yeah, it's going to be the Warriors for me as well. I think they'll they'll charge on after that victory against the Sharks. I uh, did actually tip them last week against the Sharks, so yeah, I'm hoping for another W here for the Warriors. Mate, uh, I think I think the show was in good form last week here. We had seven out of eight or something like that games where we tipped lines or try scorers and different things. So it was it was pretty juicy last week. Um, so the form, the expectations on. Um, I think Kane Evans being out is a positive. Matt Lodge is a bit of a loss for the Warriors, but uh, yeah, I again think you know with players trying to settle in and having to play some some significant roles, and I think James will have to play some serious minutes for them as well, which he's probably not as used to at the moment. Um, yeah, I just I think the Warriors will get this one done. Um, and again, I, I I think this will be a bit bit like the game against the Sharks last week. I don't think it'll be pretty. I don't think it'll be high scoring. So. Might be a bit of value about maybe the unders and the pluses a double or uh, the Warriors 1-12 to 12 into the unders. Absolutely. Yeah, well, That's I'm actually going to be using my um, my joker this week in my tipping comp where you get your double points. I feel like if, it's, if the week's to use it, it's definitely this week. I feel like you could easily pick up eight from eight. Yeah, not, not a bad round to use it, Nilsat. And speaking of not bad, mate, I'm sure you will be able to wax lyrically on this next game as the eighth place Sharks host the Knights in a crucial game. Uh, it is Brayley versus Brayley. Who's going to get the bragging rights? Will it be Big Brother or Little Brother? Uh, mate, uh, it's going to be the second of the double header and the Knights with their own destiny in their hands and probably the easiest run home of that bunch of teams sitting from 7th to 10th. Yeah, I was actually very grateful to have um, older Brayley Jaden on the What's New in the Park, uh, What's New in the Castle podcast last year. He's a um, young, young gentleman who's fantastic to talk to, very well-mannered. It was actually a pleasure to uh, actually meet and I've actually met him a couple of times out. Um, so Jaden Braley actually returns this week after having a rest last week due to concussion or something like that, or a couple of niggling injuries. But I feel like he's up for a big game. Daniel Saifidi and his brother Jacob, they're just taking another step step into gear here, and they are performing outstanding. Um, just the post-contact meters, hitting people with absolute... Oh, can't even describe it, honestly, but they're, they're, getting, they're putting blood in the right places for me, I'm telling you that. Mate, I'm going to double down on your Tiger Town omen. I'm just going to put this out there. The Knights have never lost when Caelan Pong has captained them. Yeah. <laughs> How hey. many years? Is that two or one or two weeks? One week, yeah. Yeah, look, I, I honestly feel like if, if the Knights want to make the top eight and they want to put on a bit of a statement, this is the, their, probably their hardest game out of the last remaining four or five games. So... If they're going to do it, it's going to be this week. Knights 13 plus, Caelan Ponga try, and Mitch Pearce try. That's a juicy same game up if you're getting all about that, mate. I think, again, the Sharks just love that grind, but they yeah. don't seem to be able to close them out. It's like the Raiders a couple of years ago when they were just losing games by two tries or less so frequently. I think yeah. with the Knights 1 to 12 in this one, I think you know, it's going to build that momentum. It'll be, I think, the first time this year that they'll string together um, the three on the trot. So. That'll, that'll be excellent for them. And, you know, and again, how can you, you know, just, just base your tip based on which, which team's got a better looking captain. It's Caelan Ponga versus Aaron Woods. It's no contest. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm, I'm going to go with the Knights personally, although I do think it is a bit of a danger game. They, they do have a, a bit of a habit of uh, losing these tight sort of contests with teams around their, around their ladder position. Um, yeah. I don't know. It, Tipping the Knights with caution, that's all I'll say. I want to give a big shout-out to Jake Clifford. His kicking game is, I reckon, easily top three in the comp. 
Mm. Like the, the way he boots that ball up in the sky, like good luck catching them. I know Tim Christie would cough them up, catch on and catch them, but he's kicking game for Newcastle since being second to none. And I feel like that's been an awesome pickup by the Knights. And I'd like to see him in the red and blue jersey for a long time to come. Yeah, I certainly think he's been a great uh, acquisition. It, it's hard to believe that a struggling Cowboys side wasn't really using him this year. Um, yeah, as you say, he's you know, been a good good that we've got him early uh, here in Newcastle and uh, certainly look forward to, as you say, um, I guess making sure that the current contract he's got not only, um, which I think extends for a couple of years, I think 2023. Um, anyway, but, just to cut this short, Campbell's got dad duties as a new father now, two weeks ago. See so. you, boys. Thanks for having me. Anyways, thanks, help. Campbell, mate. We'll catch you soon. So you so, left yeah, with the, um, the, the, better, the better podcast host here. Thanks, mate. Yeah, we've left we've left left the poor listeners with the, the worst two of the three. They've lucked out, but uh, fortunately we got most of the tips in. So, uh, mate, yeah. So I think the Knights as well here. I think it's going to be an absolute cracker. Unfortunately, you know, there's no crowds and it's not. We can't make a trek down to the Shire and invade it. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm sure plenty of Knights fans will be tuning in on TV. And as I said, hopefully the Knights can make it their third in a row for the first time in 2021. Yeah, I can't wait for this. And like I said, this is going to be a great. Little game of footy to watch four o'clock Sunday afternoon in lockdown, which looks like it's going to be extended. So that should keep everyone occupied over the weekend. Certainly, well, mate. Well, a big thanks to, to yourself and Campbell, who's had to dash, mate. It's been good to have a sort of half hour or so chat about all things Newcastle footy and, uh, of course, uh, the NRL as well, mate. And if people uh, can't get couldn't get enough of you two tonight, then they should definitely check out what's new in the castle. Season two is live and loud for their listening pleasure. Um, you guys even really double down and throw out some videos to really scare the locals. So, uh, <laughs> is there anything good coming up that you've got in the lineup? I saw you had Tim Crackenthorpe on the other day, which was really interesting. Yeah, I just had a chat with uh, the Minister for Newcastle, the New South Wales Parliament, Tim Crackenthorpe. He actually told me to call him Crackers, but no, he was he was great, and I've met him a few times. Always good to um, give back to his community and that for a chat. And we're just talking about the COVID situation at the moment, which might be interesting for some of the Newcastle Rugby League. Um, supporters out there who want to know what's going on. He just told me a bit of a plan of what's happening and the miscommunication from uh, the local government to the state. So that's that was pretty interesting. But mate, yeah, just at the moment, me and Campbell, he's he's co-hosting the podcast with me at the moment. We're just carrying on, yarn and dribbling as usual. Um, got a couple of big announcements coming up, but we'll probably they're still on the talk. So. Um, maybe watch a couple of sponsorship space. opportunities and that. Yeah, watch your space and uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. But um, looks like you're going. Your League Castle is still going strong, mate. Given the fans out there what they need during lockdown. Uh, we're, try, we're trying to do what we can, and uh, we'll launch uh, this, this episode. Obviously, we'll go live as it does on a Thursday morning. It will then launch the uh, the first of the clashes in the, the League Castle local legend, which is those blokes who started their career out in the local area and gone on to play in the NRL. And mate, as a proud South Newcastle boy, the first. Bracket has the only South Newcastle entrant that we had nominated in Flash Gordon, mate. So uh, big Ash the Flash will be one of our first contestants. So you'll have to mobilise the South supporter base to get behind Ash and get him through to the next round. Like Flash Flanagan? Uh, Ash Gordon. Oh, Ash Gordon. Oh, you're kidding. So he, he's been nominated, has he? Um, yeah, that's I'm it, sure, mate. So. Uh, if, if everyone that knows him, he, um, they probably won't tune in. So you should have got someone else, mate. He's, he's a bit old, boring old Flash. He's... Um, He's slowing down in his speech just like he has in his speed, I think. No, he's a good bloke. Love your flash. He's a great bloke, mate. But, uh, yeah, unfortunately, he was the only one. I don't know. Is it, is it other – who, who else has started their career playing seniors at South and then gone on to play in the NRL? Oh, play on – no. <laughs> Real NRL. Um, Clint Newton. Yeah. Did he, did he play great at South before he went on to the – 16, 16, 17s. We'll claim him. Nah, it's got to be great. It had to be great. What about the, the, the Metaudia brothers? Again, I don't think they played grade before they went to the Knights. They played yeah, 18. They played grade. Did he? Yeah, he was like 14 playing up in the 23s. <laughs> yeah, um, mate, trying to, yeah, trying to, to think, mate. Had to be open yeah. age. That was, that was the criteria. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, who, oh, oh, mate, off the top, you put me on a bit of a mate, spot at the moment. Cessna got right into it and nominated a bunch of their boys. Um, but yeah, there was some, there was some good ones. Obviously, you know the likes of the Ross Dog, Braden Musgrove, recently Will Smith, who's at Parramatta at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Josh Manolato, James Maloney played for Arimba. But the best one for mine though, and he's very top of the moment, is Anthony Don played a season for Uni. Did he actually? Yeah, he did, and he played in the, in the uh, Australian University side. So he's a late bloomer. Like, he's, he's 
in his 30s now and he's retiring after nine years of first grade. So he played a year here and while he was at uni, played in the Australian University side, then went to Grafton for a year, then got picked up on the Titans. Well, wasn't that emotional watching him uh, move his retirement speech yesterday? That was that was great. I, I really enjoyed watching. Mate, that. He's, he's an old school footballer, one club man, all that sort of stuff. He's just absolute legend. So probably yeah. the one and one and only one club man for the Titans. They wouldn't have had too many. No, that hasn't been a whole lot. Uh, there's been a few guys that have gone there and, and finished up or spent a big part of their career. I mean, Luke Douglas was there for a long time, but he moved on as well. Spent time at the Sharks. You know, there's a few of those sorts of guys. But uh, yeah, he's uh, he's an absolute. Cult hero. Kevin Gordon might be the other one that probably chalked 100 games and only played yeah. there. He's a, he's a weird cat, but that's a whole other story. But anyway, oh. hey, we'll, we'll wrap it up. I'll let you get back to your evening so I can jump on to my other guests that we've got coming up. But a big thank you as well. Make sure you tune in if you want to get all the coverage of what's happening in Newey in what's new in the castle. Get behind it on Facebook. We'll give the page a share during the week, mate, so that everyone can check it out and get behind Beautiful. season two. We look forward to hearing plenty more from you two boys. Thanks, mate. And feed your pets at home. Thanks, mate. <laughs> Thanks, boys. All right, welcome back to the show and a big thanks to Daniel Nielsen and Campbell Scott for jumping on and talking a, a bit of local footy and the NRL. We're now joined by the general manager of the Newcastle Rugby League for the second time this season. Welcome back to League Castle, Charlie Haggart. Well, yeah, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. No worries at all. Good to have you back, Charlie. Uh, last time we caught up, we were talking all things footy and it all happening. Unfortunately, we're pumping the brakes at the moment with COVID and a bit of a, a wait and see as we're just talking off air. Uh, while we wait for, I guess, the decision on, on what will happen, it seems imminent there's going to be an extension of the lockdown, but as for how long, we'll probably be declared tomorrow being Thursday. Yeah, that's, we've just got to wait and see what comes out of this. Um, New South Wales Rugby League, fortunately, has given us the support at the moment to uh, put everything on hold and uh, wait and see what the decisions made by New, New South Wales Health. But, you know, we're hopeful that if we can get everyone doing the right thing in the area and eventually uh, only go in for another seven days, that we'd be in a position to still go ahead with the with the uh, last round and then move into the final series. Yeah, so that, that was probably the question. We had a couple of the guys from South on just before and they were talking about that, whether, you know, obviously first grade's somewhat wrapped in a reasonably neat bow, although, you know, they're still jostling for positions, but some of those lower grade competitions certainly there's sort of six and seven teams in the mix still for, for finals berths, so they'd be quite keen to get that round on should we be permitted with COVID. Yeah, that's right. I think uh, if we had to take a COVID draw, there's, there's teams there that unfortunately would miss out that got full, you know, good potential to make the make the finals. That, uh, so it'd be really disappointing to have to go down that path. So we're really keen to try to get this last round um, completed. Um, and if anything goes our way, we could possibly do it next weekend. Again, we've got to take into consideration the players' welfare as well, so we don't want to let it be in a situation where they haven't had match fitness for a while and and uh, body contact and all that sort of stuff. So I think after two weeks without a game, it becomes uh, a bit questionable whether we should, we should be doing that and playing that. Um, so it's a lot, lot to consider. Um, yeah, I'm hopeful that you know we come out of lockdown we get the last round completed and then we just move into the finals and look with John Jones Sodium and Ben New South Wales been really good. They're allowing us to, uh, you know, at least look at uh, the 12th, uh, 19th and the 26th um, as opportunities for the grand final to be moved and still keep the game at, at their venue. Yeah, I think that's, you're talking about it before in terms of the break for players without training games and contact is... It's something that people underestimate once you get past sort of, you know, if we were to go more than seven days that was announced tomorrow, not only is it then the, you know, if we, if we use 14 as the number, not only is it then another two weeks, realistically then players have had three weeks off with no training. So due to your care says you've probably got to get them back into training for at least a full week minimum before you could even consider, which then, you know, throws another week on the end, doesn't it? Yeah, it certainly is. And that's, that's one of the big decisions we've got that we're being faced with. You know, it's two weeks too long without a game. And look, for someone like Wes that had uh, two COVID rounds previously to that, you know, they still would have had contact training, so it holds them in a good stead, but um, that would be, you know, like probably five weeks before they've had a game. So um, we've got to take all that into consideration. And if need be, yeah, look, we, we, we put everything on hold for a week to give, give the teams an opportunity to do that contact training and get themselves ready for a matching. And, uh, and it may mean even looking at restructuring the final series that we have to. 
Yeah, I was going to say, I'm, I'm assuming that the, the yourself and the board would have some some contingencies around what, you know, another 7, 14, 21 days. Obviously, you know, very varied depending on decisions and clubs and everything else, so probably not at liberty to delve too deep into them, but I'm assuming there's contingencies there in place for a couple of those options that might still see some football resumed if we, if we get out of this lockdown in a reasonably good turnaround. Yeah, that's correct. You know, we've been looking at all sorts of contingencies and, and we're doing that in line with New South Wales Rugby League. Um, they, they, they've um, you know, had to make some big calls on the other competitions within the state and, uh, and obviously they'd uh, like to see us go ahead and as much as we want to go ahead. So um, everyone's supporting us at the moment. Uh, it's just getting the right go-ahead to, to go ahead and do it, you know, play. And um, everything we've been uh, working on is in thought of of having the uh, games played and um, certainly uh, we'd love to have a, someone win a grand final this year because it's been such a tremendous competition throughout the year. It certainly has across all the grades and, and even and further afield in, into the competitions that New South Wales run with the Newcastle and Hunter and the juniors. So it'll be interesting to see. They've, As you said, New South Wales have done a wonderful job with trying to keep what they can afloat. They've made some tough decisions, as you said, with some of the major competitions and Undoubtedly, if there's extensions of lockdowns here, they'll have considerations around those other comps as well to, to take in. But obviously your focus being Newcastle Rugby League and and I guess it's a, a very much a watch this space and, and a reassurance to clubs and participants and fans that, that you guys are doing everything in your powers to ensure that we get some sort of, I guess, resolution. It's not exactly the word I'm looking for, but a result at the end of the season and it's not a just an asterisk next to five teams that were left standing in first grade and however many in the other grades. Yeah, that's right. And as I said, like the other grades, the competition right throughout the whole 19s, reserve grade and first grade this year has just been outstanding. And it'd be really disappointing for that to occur. And you know, we'd love to see nothing better than you know somebody who were holding the trophy up at the end of the day and saying, so, you know, that we've won the 2021 grand final in the New South Wales Denton Cup and then in the Newcastle, the two East Newcastle uh, games in 19s and reserve grades. You know, it's, it's really important for everyone to get a result but you know worst case scenario we've got a minor premiers certainly clear in um, in in the um, first grade a uh, little bit of room there in reserve grade with western uh, northern hawks so you know one way or another we want to, we want to get a decision sooner than later but uh, we don't want to push anyone at the moment and say make a decision now and you know obviously if we had to make it under current information then um, we'd certainly probably have to lean towards people's welfare um, and call it quits but we don't want to go down that path until absolutely have to yeah certainly and you know uh, it'd be you know we were talking with a few people obviously the guys from south before and other people off air that have sort of reached out to the show and they're sort of going oh well we could extend into this and we've got to extend into that there's so many factors that that challenge it you know you talked about mcdonald jones stadium you know, you have grounds. Yes, we've got some really great grounds at a rugby league only that we'd be able to, you know, play on and those sorts of things if we put, if we were to push it back. But there's so many contingencies of those clubs, like South Newcastle is a great example where they share training grounds with cricket. You then have to look at, you know, would we end up with another short off-season? There's so many things that probably play behind the scenes in terms of welfare and just ground availability as well as a lot of other things that we can't just... It's not a matter of just keeping on pushing it back, I guess. Yeah, we just can't... Look. At some stage, we've got to have a cut-off point because of the you know, summer sports start coming to con- uh, come into play, and um, as I said, venues availability certainly becomes an issue. Um, so there's a lot of reasons why we can't keep putting it off forever. Um, it was interesting tonight to hear uh, Gus Bill talking about uh, summertime competition, uh, where some of the people that are playing in these major competitions, you know, maybe play an eight-week uh, summer competition once if, if COVID allows that to occur and make sure the players get that exposure. And I suppose that might be an option for us too to consider. I don't know the detail of that yet, but I'm hoping we wouldn't have to go down that path because, you know, fingers crossed, we do get the chance to complete the competition. Yeah, it was, it was something that came up in our conversation previously with Campbell and Daniel from uh, South was talking about that. And, you know, if we were in that position, should COVID then abate, you know, if we get some sort of footy in, it might not be ideal, but... You know, whether it was even, you know, some sort of in, well, informal is not the right word I'm looking for, but, you know, a summer nines, a summer 13, shortened versions of the game in twilight, et cetera, allowing for climate. But, you know, I'm, I'm sure that clubs and, and, and yourselves are open to ideas on, on ensuring that people get some football participation if it works within the bounds of New South Wales, should we not be able to get back on? Yeah, 100%. Um, you know, we're open to uh, 
any sort of ideas that can be put forward that uh, gives the players the opportunities and their supporters to, to come along and support the game. Uh, we don't want to close the door on anything. And if, if, if we can't get the competition finished this year, then um, maybe it is an opportunity for us to look at uh, some sort of summer co- uh, twilight competition or, or, you know, as an example. So, you know, that uh, ultimately, uh, as I said, you know, we'd love to get the uh, result this year and it can allow everyone just to go into planning for next year without having to uh, worry about a, a twilight competition because of what's happened. Yeah, certainly. So I think, you know, t- taking a summation of everything we've talked about, it, it's it's very much a... Uh, one, watch this space probably at 11 o'clock-ish tomorrow, I would have thought, will be when we'll see the news sometime tomorrow morning. And at, at this stage, you've got contingency plans and, and all, all aspirations to head for some, you know, the, the maximum, amount, uh, I guess, available football, but also uh, trying to uh, wrap the competition up with, with, you know, a rightful winner and uh, in whatever, I guess, space that might look like and whatever structure you can get on with, with uh, COVID restrictions allowing and player welfare taken into consideration. Yeah, that's right. As I said, there's, there's lots to be considered, and uh, tomorrow is a big call. Um, if it's a seven-day extension, then we, we'll, we'll keep the doors open to play the last round. I, I would hope in uh, the following weekend, um, and then if, but if it comes in, that we're in the same lockdown as Sydney, and we have to wait till the end of the month, then we've got to reassess everything and uh, work out which is going to be best for everybody, um, particularly the players. All right, well, we'll watch this space, Charlie. We'll keep our fans tuned to what happens tomorrow. And again, mate, uh, appreciate I know it's a busy time while you, while you try and strategise and work out what's going to happen from here and, and await the government and, and the health department. So appreciate you giving up a bit of time on a Wednesday night to have a chat with us here on the podcast. No, always happy to have a chat. And uh, thanks for your support. And uh, let's keep our fingers crossed that we all get back out in the field. All right, there's not a whole lot of footy action to talk about in terms of the Newcastle and Hunter Community Rugby League, but we thought we'd get a returning guest to talk about the Northern Conference and the hypotheticals of where things sit and stand should we get back underway. So uh, Luke Hansaker, uh, the Terrace halfback, joins us, mate. Uh, how are things out at uh, Lakeside Sporting Complex? It's, well, it's currently a COVID testing clinic, mate. It is a COVID testing clinic, so footy-wise it's very quiet, but um, yeah, COVID-wise it's very, very busy at the moment. Mate, um, your, your season's been a, a pretty solid one. I, I think there's probably you know three sides sitting as the standouts in that Northern Conference comp currently as we head into Round 16, which looks for all intents and purposes like it'll be a COVID draw. Uh, but you'd have to be reasonably happy. You're sitting fourth. At, you know the finals look pretty clear cut if if we have the COVID draws this weekend and and we'll move move forward with the five teams that are on top there. Hopefully, if we've only got a seven day lockdown, we can start some semi-finals uh, on the weekend of the 21st. Yeah, look. Um, if you look across the, you know, the top sort of five on their day, um, there's really been no real standouts that we've played that we've come up against that, you know, that really stands out. So it's a really, really close comp this year. Um, points don't always sort of, you know, um, yeah, do the justice to the teams. Even like the likes of Carew and stuff, we played against them the other day, and you know they were really strong, and they're, they're below us on the comp. They're looking like they'll probably scrape into into fifth, but um, yeah, it's a really, really close comp this year, and it's, it's actually really good to play in a comp this close. Yeah, certainly looking back at some of the results, and even talking to some of the guys that have been involved, you know, as you said, the, the top five, I mean, Stroud are strong at their best, Patterson and, and Dungog, we know what they can offer. You guys have performed really well, getting nine wins to get you to where you are. As you said, Carew behind you on eight wins. Even those next two sides, Hinton and Clarence, down on their day, have, have thrown some upsets in. And Gloucester have been tough. A lot of people, I mean, it's never an easy road trip, but the boys up there, like Steve Forrest, got them, you know, uh, firing a lot better than, than three wins and ten losses might suggest. Those last two sides in Morpeth and Teagardens, they've, they've really been challenged this year. But again, in games, like I, I was on the touchline for Teagardens versus Stroud, which is first versus last when you look at it on the ladder and you'd think it would have been, you know, good night, Irene, 20 minutes in. But they were in the game at half time up there at Teagardens. So I think everyone's probably done themselves fairly proud. And, you know, as you say, it hasn't been easy games. You know, some scorelines might have reflected some of that, but um, yeah, certainly on, on their day, those top seven sides and, and especially the top sort of four or five, it's you know not too much separates them depending on who turns up. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. Like you know, when we played Forest and the boys in Gloucester, like you know, as you mentioned, they hadn't had that many wins, but they're still a hard team to play. It doesn't matter whether you play them at home or play them, you know, up at their home ground. Um, you know, they still got some decent players across the field and. Yeah, that's still with anyone in trouble. It's just, you know, probably lack one or two 
more quality players, more polished players to finish off some plays. But, you know, I don't think they're too far off. Um, you know, winning a few more games maybe in the next season or two. I know they've got some young guys. Um, this comp's pretty well full of, you know, a lot of younger guys that, you know, chasing the experience off some older heads. So, yeah, give these guys a few more years and, you know, they should be they should come good. When, you, when you're talking young guys, you're obviously not talking about Mr. Forrest himself, are you? No, definitely not. He's been saying to me for the last four years he's going to retire. I was going to say... So we'll see he, how he goes next year. He's one of many John Farnham's that's just waiting for Brooke Roach to take the step down so that he feels safe to retire because while Brooke's still going around, you know, you can't really claim that you're too old for footy, can you? And I reckon yeah. you might be in that boat too. Yeah, well, I'm getting close to I'm the same age. Actually, Forrest is one year older than me, so, yeah, he's got, he's got one year on me, but, yeah, I'm still getting some pressure from the missus to hang the boots up, but... Well, I've got the kids and that running around. I don't really get me weekends back anyway. So, yeah, I'll still keep having that fight for every year about putting them back on. But, yeah, I think I've got a few more left in here. I was going to say, spin, spin three or four more around, mate, and then you can just play Masters <laughs> as it suits once you get the 35, right? Perfect. Yeah, perfect. Mate, so I guess, you know, it's the big elephant in the room, COVID at the moment. You know, it's, a, it's, you know, it's impacting our competition at no end. We had COVID draws last week for everyone. Um, and, you know, it's certainly heavily impacted the competition, probably not tr- terrifically in terms of yours, in terms of standings, but just in terms of momentum and, and footy has been probably a, a real challenge, mate. Uh, you know, it would have been an opportunity for you guys coming into the finals. You had an opportunity to play the top three sides and get a, a real measure of uh, what's going on. So now if we do have a seven-day extension and then we, we get on the field next week, you've missed those opportunities and, and trying to find form after a couple of weeks off is, is going to be a challenge. Yeah, look, um, to be honest with you, it probably suits us. We, um, we've actually had a couple of, you know, actually a fair few injuries in the last um, three to four weeks. Um, you know, both our starting front rollers are now out injured for extended periods of time. We'll wait to hear back ones that have broken hand and other ones got some other health issues and they just sort out. You know, everybody, all the older guys seem to be covering you know, niggles of some sort. Um, so I'm trying to keep the, uh, keep the positivity up and, and hope that, couple of weeks off is going to do us do us the world of good and try and get some of these injured blokes back on the park. Yeah, it's certainly a challenge, obviously, managing the workload you know, with limited squads and different things. So uh, we, we wish you the best with that, mate. Uh, I guess as, as we do head in, and, and let's let's you know use a crystal ball here and assume that tomorrow being Thursday when we release the show and, and the next announcement comes from the health department, uh, that we've got a seven-day lockdown uh, extension and then we can everyone can behave and do the right thing, which is a big if, obviously. How, how do you see it shaping up? It obviously would be a big grudge match if you were to take the field then. Week one of the semi-finals, elimination footy against Karua. How do you fancy yourselves? They got the, the better of you last time the two of you met. Yeah, look, it's sort of, well, if you count the trials, it's 2-1 to them. Um, but yeah, I definitely we definitely do fancy ourselves obviously coming up against them. Um, I believe the semi-finals might be down at the terrace anyway, is that right? I think the first week, they um, the, the message that I'd seen was that they were using multiple grounds the first week, but then after... So weeks two, three, and four will be at the terrace. So you might need a win to get into a home. Uh, so yeah. I, I think from memory, the, some of the grounds that were talked about were Carl Oval and Malabula were two of them. Um, okay. So, so I'll, I'll, while, we're, while we're trying to, you know, hypothesise as to what it is, I'll see if I can dig that email out. But yeah, yeah so, right so those were two of the grounds that were talked about for the first round of finals. Yeah. No, there were some whispers around, and obviously, you know, if we're going off, you know, history, then obviously one or two of the semis is going to be at the terrace, but you know, for real, most of those guys are from the terrace or been around the terrace for a long time anyway, so it's not really much of a bloody home, home ground advantage for us and Carew. But yeah, I know Carew got some some quality players there as well. You know, we've got our work cut out, no matter which way you look at it. And honestly, I've spoken about Carew a couple of times to guys within our team, and um, I honestly think if they can get all their players back on their field, um, I think they're a dark horse in this competition. To be honest, you just sneak into the top five, and um, yeah. We've seen it plenty of times before in this competition. You only need to get on a roll in the right time of the year, and and you can come and take it out. Yeah, certainly it's um you, you know it sounds easy when you say you've only got to win four games, but that's 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 the real real equation for you. And just having a look at this, the the details that we have are that Malibu, Harker, and Carl will be used round one for five games at each venue. That said, there hasn't you know the math you do the maths you need to have twenty games. So I'm assuming then the terrace will be there as well and. Uh, We'll uh, be looking at all all four weeks, but then it does say all other weeks from two, week two to week four will be held at Raymond Terrace. So, because obviously Malibu, La Harker, and Carl, none of them have the ability to run two fields, which the Terrace would do. So, 
Um, it'll certainly be yeah. interesting. Um, yeah, like as you say, it, it doesn't hurt if you get you know knock out Karua week one. Then you know you do have home ground advantage then. Um, but you know again, you know it's it's only much good if you can get the, the local crowd behind you. But you got to get past week one first. So I guess look, looking at your competition, mate, and uh, where everything stands, who you know it's easy to say Stroud sitting at the top of the ladder, but you know, are, are they the side to beat, or do you see someone else as a bit of a dark horse apart from yourselves? No, look, honestly, um, I honestly feel as though, you know, we've had some results go you know, against us, obviously, and but I honestly think that we can take this comp out on, on our day. We just need to, you know, we just need to show up, basically. We've had too many games this year that, you know, basically we start strong, we come into, you know, half back to the first half or just after the first half and we seem to drop off and, Rather than staying in the game, we seem to we seem to leak a lot of points when we when we seem to go behind, and it doesn't do it, obviously do our for and against any good, especially when we're running such a close stop. But um, yeah, and we have with us having a lot of younger guys as well, straight out of you know the under 18s under 19s, playing against you know grown men now. Um, yeah, it's just a, the the longer we go on playing with our juniors playing um, against the grown men, the, long, the more confidence they'll get. Um, the likes of Patterson, you know, there's a lot of guys in that team that have been around, you know, that stickers and and these sort of these sort of places. Like they they're hard and lower hunter players. Yeah. Um, but like I said, at the end of the day, I honestly believe on our day we can beat anyone in that comp. Yeah, and I guess one of the big stats, if you if you if you're a man of numbers, who to look at that is is Stroud. They they are the minor premiers. They have lost one game all year, and it was Raymond Terrace back in round five who knocked them off. So. That, that, yeah. that in itself would fill you with a bit of confidence. You know, there hasn't been much separating them from the other side. So, you know, at the end of the day, if you can knock off the top side, you can knock off anyone. You probably, as you said, been probably robbed and maybe an opportunity to take up against uh, those guys uh, just in front of you. But it might be a blessing in disguise as we head into those rounds. But, mate, I guess for the time being, we, we'll wait and see. We'll wait to see what the, uh, the Honourable Gladys has to say in the morning. And uh, that will very much dictate... Where our season heads, we will try and, once that is announced, get some guidance from the Newcastle and Hunter board and from Dean Bosnich, who runs the local area for New South Wales Rugby League, as to what any extension of lockdown may mean. And uh, hopefully, fingers crossed, touch wood and all of that, mate, uh, we can get bumper crowds, uh, COVID safe, of course, down to some local footy semifinals in uh, in about 10 days' time. That'd be ideal, mate. That'd be awesome. I'm getting stir crazy in this house to do that. Yeah, I don't doubt that, mate. And, and then, you know, obviously you guys can go on a bit of a run and do everyone a favour, send Brooke Roach out a winner and tell, tell the old man to finally retire. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if he's ever going to retire, but the way he's going. Mate, Brooke, Brooke Roach will be happiest if he's carried off a football field in a pine box at the ripe old age of 85, I think. So, And he'll still be, try, <laughs> he'll still be trying to just come out, shoot out of the line and get people. He's just getting slower and slower year by year. But I say that now when I'm, when I'm a very safe distance from Brooke and not within arm's length. <laughs> Oh, absolutely, mate. Yeah, he's come up with a couple of good ones this year as well, mate. Don't worry about that. He's, he's still got it in him. He might not be as frequent, mate, but he's still definitely got it in him. One, one of the great blokes and great characters of Newcastle and Hunter Rugby League, mate. And, uh, mate, you're, you're right up there with him, and uh, you'll have to take that mantle from him when he eventually does retire. But thanks again for your time tonight. Good luck, one, in getting on the field, and two, in uh, uh, once you do get on the field, in chalking some wins and, and hopefully going deep into that semi final series. And uh, maybe we'll be able to have a chat to you leading into the Newcastle and Hunter Grand Finals in four or five weeks' time, should uh, COVID yeah. permit. Absolutely, mate. Thanks for having me on. Well, that brings us to a close for another episode of League Castle. A big thanks to all of our guests, uh, the boys from What's New in the Castle, Dan Nilsson and his uh, much better looking co-host Campbell Scott. Uh, throw in a great chat there with Charlie Haggart to give us a little bit of insight into uh, what will, uh, I guess, what the options are for the Newcastle Rugby League moving forward. And of course, Luke Hansaker, uh, the last of our guests there just before talking about the Raymond Terrace Magpies and the Northern Conference of the Newcastle and Hunter Community Rugby League. Hopefully, as he talked about, uh, we will see some finals action in the Newcastle Hunter Community Rugby League and some more action in the Newcastle Rugby League over the coming weeks. It's that time of the year that we all get really excited about and uh, it'll be really disappointing alongside all of those other things that challenge us during lockdown if uh, we were to have this extended and uh, continue to miss out on footy. So make sure we're all doing the right thing, only going out when we need to and uh, adhering to all the rules around 
the current lockdown so that it can get wrapped up as quickly as possible and we minimise those people in our community that are impacted by COVID. Also, a big thanks to our great partner, Smart Artist. Uh, I know Johnny's probably going a little bit stir-crazy with no football and events to go out and photograph and promote. So uh, if you do have anything coming up once we resume from lockdown, uh, you'll want to catch the memories of those and uh, there's no better in the business than Johnny at Smart Artist. Check them out on Facebook. And finally, as I talked about with Dan uh, on the uh, the first segment of the show today, the League Castle Local Legend of League competition will go up later this week. The first uh, bracket, as I said, will feature South Newcastle's Ashley Gordon uh, and we'll be able to reveal when we post that who he's coming up against. So a big task for whoever that first person is coming up against, uh, a Knights legend in Ash the Flash. So... Uh, Really looking forward to that and uh, being able to, in the coming months, crown a local legend of league. A big thanks also to all of you for tuning in. Make sure you do continue to. We'll be here uh, trying to provide some extra content. If the lockdown gets extended, we might even try and throw in some bonus content where we can. But uh, stay engaged with us. Keep talking footy. Enjoy the NRL action because it's about all we've got to cling to over the weekend. And uh, hopefully your chosen side can get a win. Big thanks again for tuning in and we will catch you in the next week. Go to King. King will barge over. Will he get it down? Yes, he does. There's the premiership. Wilson runs to the line. He's got Buxton with him. It's been put on the toe. It's going to be a try. Joy Jobson's got the try. Window will get their second. You're listening to Lee Newcastle. Newcastle, Hunters, Hunters, Rugby League.